Hello there! This show contains material which a truly free society would neither fear nor suppress. The language and concepts contained herein will not cause eternal torment in the place where the guy with the horns and pointed stick conducts his business. What's up? Nada. Absolutely nothing. Nothing? Nothing. What's your name? My name? Yeah, we never give our names anymore. My name is. My name is. Yeah. My name is. Yeah. Wiki Wiki Slim Shady. <laughs> yeah. This is John Tellerico. And uh, I'm going to drop a bomb on you. Uh-oh. Sono Ricardo Wilgosi. <laughs> Not even close. You got the first word right. <laughs> I am. Sono, right? Yes. You, you got it. Ricardo is right, except it's with two C's in Italian. You're my uh, uh, paisan from another country. Something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was actually at the films last night, as I tend to be on Fridays, and there's a friend of mine there named Frank. Francis, imagine that. He's a, he should lighten up. He's a lawyer in Utica, and um, I've been thinking about Italian a lot lately because during the Tour de France coverage, Paolo Bettini, the uh, Italian Olympic champion and blah, blah, blah. He's a good writer. In the beginning, he does a commercial for... Um, uh, b- 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 I forget which bike brand. Um, S Works. Coffee. Specialized. He does commercials for Specialized, and in the beginning, he says, Sono Paolo Bettini. And then I say, I am Paolo Bettini, and he talks about, and he uses that word. He wants a bike that's leggera. Yeah. <laughs> super leggera. Yeah. His is, his is super leggera. Yeah, mine, that, mine used to be. In it today, but his, his, his $10,000 carbon bike is probably a little lighter. Yeah, the, the Yankees, they have promos sometimes on the Yes Network. With Paolo Bettini? No, with some of the Yankees players, and, and they're mostly the Spanish-speaking players, and they always start out, hola, fanaticos de los Yankees. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> fanaticos. <laughs> well, that's what fan is short for, oh, yeah. fanatics. Fanatics. We've got a fan, don't we? What's uh, what's his deal? Oh, I thought you were talking about the, the spinny thing, the blue air around. The ventilador? No. One of our one of our, one of our favorite uh, listeners, we... We, he sent us something. Oh, yeah, that's right. Let me let yeah. me kick it out. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? This is JCA. You're listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians. Have a great freaking day. There he is, the great JCA. Actually, I'm not going to have a great freaking day. Why not? Because this is my last day on the, on the earth. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know. You made a promise to me or a threat. You said... Yeah, I know. Your daughter informed me when I <sighs> walked in. And I'm, I don't even want to talk about it. We're not even going to talk about that. I'm, I'm embarrassed and ashamed to know you. You are? Yes. All right. See ya. <laughs> I, I can't believe you it. You don't want to see it? No, it's an incredible waste of money. I don't want to see it. Don't even... Don't... Oh, God. Not looking. I'm blinding him with it. Not I'm blinding looking. him with science. Just put it away. Nope. It's going to sit right there. It, it... Sitting right there. No, don't cover <laughs> it up with your snot rag. <laughs> Ew, it's wet. I don't even want to talk about it. We're not talking about it. You're uh, just going to stare at it the entire no. show. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just it's just like the ultimate thing you didn't need. It is. And you know what you're going to do with it? You're going to talk on the phone. No, I'm not that's that's one of the things I'm going to do with it. Yeah. It's, and it, whenever I call you on your cell, you never pick it up cuz and then you next day you say, "Oh, I didn't have it on me." This is a device you're never going to have on you <laughs> and it costs like $872.37 and you just don't need it. It wasn't $872. I you know, if you got that for free, I might be able to forgive you, but I did get it for free. Did you? 
Well, you might know somebody. <laughs> no. <laughs> you should have seen the look on your face. Well, Did you? Well, hey, you know, I got connects. I get stuff for free. I thought you might have. No, know. it wasn't for free, but it wasn't 800 bucks. Yeah, well, it was 500 or something too much. Anyways, yeah, I'm, I'm dead. Just, I'm embarrassed. He's going to kill me. Oh, God. He's murdering me. We today. haven't even said what. I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> I don't even want to talk not, about I'm it I'm not going to say it. I'm going to go on. Let's move on. Yeah, but it plays Chocolate Rain. <laughs> We're moving on. What are we drinking today? <laughs> See, John thought he was going to surprise me, but the no. first thing your daughter my, said my to me. My daughter is not a good uh, keeper of the secret. And I don't even know she, why she would have told me that. I have no idea, because she's 10. I know, but it's like, you know, did she know I wouldn't approve? No, she's 10. <laughs> she's excited by anything new and shiny. As am I. <laughs> Anyways. You're, you're 10. That's right. We are drinking uh, 2005 Catena Malbec Mendoza. We've drank, we've drunk the Catena before with the 2002 Malbec, it's and wet. this is uh, this is really good. This is just as good, not as spicy. It, it doesn't reek of spiciness as the much. Bottle as the, is just like covered with in. drippings. Well, it's humid, you know. No, that's not it. I think that you spilled it all over the place. That could be it, but it's very good, very good stuff. I'm liking it. So you know, despite what's been going on, I'm going to do a quick Tour de France update. That's not it. I don't have any paper in front of me to talk about. We it. didn't print it out. No, I don't have to. From today memory. was yeah. Today was a huge day, and I want to later on. We're going to talk more about sports in the tour as our uh, main course, our entree. But today was an amazing day in the tour because it was down to it the was final time day. trial. No, it was down to the final time trial, and basically because Michael Rasmussen was dismissed from the tour and Vinokurov was dismissed, I thought he quit. No, they were... Well, we'll talk about that later. Okay. But anyway, basically, 1, 2, and 3 in the overall GC lead of the tour was Alberto Contador, Cadell Evans, and uh, Levi Leipheimer, the American, even though with a name like that, he doesn't sound like he'd be an American. Austrian, at best. Something. So Contador was in the lead, Evans was 1 minute 50 seconds back, and Leipheimer was like 3.5 minutes back from first place. And... Because uh, today was a time trial, they start in reverse order of their position. So the guy who's number one gets to go last because it's a tactical advantage. You can know what your opponents are doing. And um, Leipheimer today did the fourth fastest time trial in the history of the Tour de France. Really? He killed it. He crushed it. He was so fast, they were thinking he might take over the yellow jersey. He was so fast. He just devastated it. What was going on? Were there some sort of atmospheric conditions that were just right? Well, the weather was great. They might have had a tailwind, too. It was a little... The wind might have been benefiting the riders today, but the weather conditions were just great. It was like 75, sunny, and just a beautiful day, and everybody felt good about life, I guess. Had a good day. So Leipheimer goes out and just kills it. Cadell Evans did a great time trial, but Leipheimer um, did a better time, and uh, Contador uh, came in fifth. And he's a climber, and he came in fifth. He beat, like, the world time trial champion. He beat the time trial champions from most of the country. You know what I mean? Like, every country has their own time trial champion, and they have their own national champion and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the time trial, the positions didn't change. They just got closer. Uh. Contador stays in first. Uh, Cadell Evans is behind him 23 seconds. That's and nothing. And Leipheimer is behind him by eight seconds. That's nothing. He, On a mountain stage, you can lose minutes. But it's done. Tomorrow's the parade into Paris. So it's, Oh, it's that close. Yeah, I didn't know it was that the, close. Yeah, tomorrow's the ride into Paris, so I don't think anybody's going to attack anybody. Uh, in fact, Leipheimer, they interviewed Leipheimer, and they said, because it is possible, there are time bonuses in the sprints, eight seconds here, eight seconds there. 
Leipheimer said, I'm not going to attack Evans, and Evans is a pretty straight-up shooter, so I'm pretty sure he's not going to go after the yellow jersey. I think they're all just happy to be where they are and done. But I was just amazed. Um, Leipheimer, over this 32-mile course, averaged, or 33-mile course, whatever it was, maybe not even quite that much, 50K, I don't know. He averaged over 32 miles an hour on his bicycle. That's fast. It's just, how do you go that fast? I can go that fast downhill. How does anybody go that fast for, for 30 miles? The fastest time trial ever was by Mr. Greg LeMond. He averaged over 54 kilometers an hour. Actually, out of the four fastest... Well, that was pre or post lead shot? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It might have been pre. But uh, the ironic thing is, and we were talking about this a little last week, how the Americans have done pretty good in there of late. Uh, of the four fastest time trials, three of them are by Americans. Ah. LeMond, Armstrong, and now Leipheimer. <laughs> wow. I mean, you know, who knows? So here's the great thing. Eight out of the last nine tours will have been won by what is essentially Team Discovery. It was U.S. Postal early, but the Mm -hmm. only thing that changed was the sponsors changed. So eight out of the nine last tours, Discovery is going to have three guys in the top ten and two in the top three. And they won the team category, too. They keep track of, like, who has the lowest cumulative time in the teams. And uh, Discovery just killed it. They just crushed everybody. And the, the interesting thing is Lance owns a piece of that team now. He was there. He was there today. He was in one of the cars following Contador. You could see Lance in the passenger seat of the Was it a Subaru? Um, I don't know. Uh, No, I think it was a Fiat or something, you know. (laughs) It was an Opal. It was a a Citroën. That's right. (laughs) Here's the other interesting thing. Voxel. Well, I'll talk about this in the segment later because it has to do with drugs and doping and all of these things that are going on. But, well, I'll just talk about it briefly now. There's an American team called Team Slipstream, Slipstream Sports, that's run by Jonathan Vauters, who was a guy who raced for U.S. Postal in 99 or thereabouts with Lance. He started a new team, and they're, they're actually dedicating a significant portion of their budget to testing because typically the testing is left to the governing bodies, the authorities of the race, the authorities of the Olympic Committee, blah, blah, blah. But this team is going to take 10 or 15% of their income and actually dedicate it to testing their athletes. So they're getting very serious about it. And the other thing that's cool about them is that their jerseys uh, are Argyle. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, that's... Are they wool? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they're wool, but they're Argyle. And they're not... He said next year they're even going to be more colorful because I went to their webpage and I saw what they look like. And they're going to announce this Sunday, the end of the tour tomorrow, who the... Oh, they're signing the people that they're signing they're going to have some good players and they're hoping to get a wild card invitation to the tour de france last or next year (laughs) players wild card sounds like baseball i know well we'll talk about baseball later too so are we going to do it (laughs) yes we're going to bite the bullet and uh spray you down with some chocolate chocolate rain rain. we talked about it last week and we figured we we owe you this anyway so check it out the pain chocolate rain a baby born will die before this in chocolate rain the school books say it can't be here again chocolate rain the prisons make you wonder where it went chocolate rain build a tent and say the world is dry chocolate rain zoom the camera out and see the light chocolate rain to be falling yesterday chocolate rain only in the past is what they say chocolate rain raise 
your neighborhood insurance rates. Chocolate rain makes us happy living in a gay chocolate rain. Made me cross the street the other day. Chocolate rain made you turn your head the other way. Chocolate rain is straight quickly crashing through your veins. Chocolate rain. Using you to fall back down again Chocolate rain It's straight quickly crashing through your veins Chocolate rain Using you to fall back down again Chocolate rain Tell them mentioned on the radio Chocolate rain It's the fear your leader's car control Chocolate rain Worse than swearing, worse than calling names Chocolate Rain Say it publicly and you're insane Chocolate Rain No one wants to hear about it now Chocolate Rain Which real hard it goes away somehow Chocolate Rain Makes the best of friends begin to fight Chocolate Rain But did they know each other in the light? Chocolate rain Every February washed away Chocolate rain Stays behind as colors celebrate Chocolate rain The same crime has a higher price to pay Chocolate rain The judge and jury swear it's not the face Chocolate rain Quickly crashing through your veins Chocolate rain Using you to fall back down again Chocolate rain History quickly crashing through your veins Chocolate rain Using you to fall back down again Chocolate rain Dirty secrets of economy Chocolate rain into GDP chocolate rain The Belker blames the baby's DNA chocolate rain But test scores are how much the parents make chocolate rain Flipping cars in France the other night chocolate rain Cleans the sewers out beneath Mumbai chocolate rain Across the world and back, it's all the same Chocolate rain Angels cry and shake their heads in shame Chocolate rain Lifts the ark of paradise and sin Chocolate rain Which part do you think you're living in? Chocolate rain More than march and more than pass than law Chocolate rain Remake how we got to where we are Chocolate rain History quickly crashing through your veins Chocolate rain Using you to fall back down again Chocolate rain History quickly crashing through your veins Chocolate rain Using you to fall back down again
Nice ending there. Nice subtle fade by. Uh, I thought that was you. No, that was the fade in the song. I was going to say I know that it, there was. It was hard to take, but we didn't have to cut him off like that. We'd really like to apologize for that. That's like the world's longest four minutes and forty seconds without a bridge, which I think is, right. we read. Somewhere. There was a bridge in there. It was very subtle. <laughs> it was tenth of a second. It was a bridgelet. <laughs> Brigito. It was bridgesque. It was a bridgini. <laughs> Oh, man. Well, there you go. The great Tazon Day. And, you know, there are some lyrics in there that are relevant. He talks a little bit about institutional racism and, you know, uh, I don't know. Like I just that. got cow flipping or car flipping in, in France. France. Yeah, yeah, there was a little bit of that. Chocolate rain. My favorite one is that spoof. The well, rain in Spain falls mainly on the plain. Chocolate rain. Well, I tell you, any listener of ours who can send in an accurate count of the number of times he said chocolate rain wins a prize. I don't know. I think we said it in last week's show, actually. Well, that's even better. It's more of like a trivia question that shows they've been listening yes you know i have got to bring up the the uh, the hypocrisy of this object you've placed on the table before us and everything that we do is hypocrisy and because i i believe when i edit this show i'm going to go back to a previous show and find the spot where you said you know what i'm not going to buy version one because i hear it has a lot of bugs in it and i, I believe those were uh, your words okay i lied so that makes you a liar. You, right. are, you are a mad consumerist, and I'm, I'm ashamed. No, I'm you know really what? I'm ashamed. You know Mr. what I can say? Mr. We're trying to simplify. Well, what's this about? I'm not going to talk about it anymore. <laughs> it just dawned you, on you me. You lied. It just dawned on me. My lie is much smaller, though. I'm not a mass consumerist. No, at the time, I was telling the truth, and then I changed my mind. And there you go. Not you changed your it. mind about something that you said you would never do. What? Nothing important. <laughs> I can't. I don't know what you're talking about. Nothing. No, I'm not going to bring it up. Yeah, but you know, my thing doesn't involve little Mexican workers making two cents an hour or Chinese people. We were just getting a little interference, that little bzz, 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 cell phone interference, and John just hurled his uh, phone, which will not be mentioned. Uh, <laughs> the, the device which will not be named. The eye device he <laughs> threw onto the... Uh, the uh, sofa behind. So, you know, speaking of the Tour de France, I'm sure anybody who's been watching the news is a little aware of some of the uh, cheaters that have been thrown out of the Tour this year. And cheater, cheater, them, pumpkin eater. Two of them are, are real heavyweights. They discovered that Alexander Vinokurov, he who was the pre-race favorite to win, had somebody else's red blood cells in his body, which he implies... misplaced his own. <laughs> which implies uh, a blood transfusion. And that's the classic method of blood doping. The classic method is... Well, the classic, the true classic method is where, you know, two months before an event, they take out a couple of pints of your own blood, and then they centrifuge it so that they just concentrate the red blood cells. And then the day before the event... They infuse you, you know, by then your body will have replaced everything that was removed, and then mm-hmm. they infuse you with more of your own red blood cells, so you have more oxygen-carrying cells that can carry more food and oxygen to your yep. muscles. And, of course, another way to do it would be to do somebody else's red blood cells of a compatible donor type, I imagine. Or a horse. Or a gorilla. and <laughs> um, Or Steve Jobs. And... Um, so basically, you know, two of Vinokurov's tests came back, his A tests. They haven't tested the Bs, or if they have, they haven't announced to the world what the results of those tests were yet. But, but one of them said he was pregnant. <laughs> two of his A tests came back as positive for having somebody else's red blood cells in his veins, which certainly implies cheating. So, okay, the pre-race favorite, Vinokurov, the guy everybody thought was going to win before the race, is cheating. Borat must be or, upset. You know, and, okay, so now... Well into the Tour de France, Michael Rasmussen, the guy who was leading the race, uh, a Danish guy uh, known to be a climber, 
very good climber. Uh, even when Lance was racing, Lance would win the tour, but this guy would win the polka dot jersey, which is the mountain climber's jersey. And, and how you could win the mountain climbing jersey and not win the tour is complicated and we won't go into it that. It involves logarithms. Yeah, but it, it can be done. Just because you, you're the best climber in the mountains doesn't mean you always win the tour. But Rasmussen was dismissed from his team, Rabobank, which I mentioned yesterday, or uh, last on the last show. And the reason he was dismissed from his team was because he missed two or three or four out-of-competition tests. Apparently, his team was doing some testing of their own outside of the normal governing body's uh, testing demands. He forgot. Well, and these were the kind of excuses he was making. You know, one of the, you know, he was supposed to be in Mexico. His wife is Mexican. He was supposed to be in Mexico. That was his reason for missing these out of competition tests. And then a journalist or two saw him training in the Dolomites in Italy, which are very high mountains at great altitudes. So that would be a great place to train. So his team dismissed him because none of his tests came back positive, but they dismissed him because he lied. You know, so there is suspicion that he was Mm -hmm. doing something wrong. And come on, you know, when you're coming up with lame excuses, you're certainly inviting suspicion. You know, you miss four or three or four of your out of competition tests and then you're not where you're supposed to be. And you come up with all these lame excuses. But at the same time, I have a problem with that. You know, in this post 9-11 world where we're we're willing to give up all of our freedoms for security. I'm not a big fan of this guilty till proven innocent thing. You know what I mean? Uh, everybody wants to believe everybody in the Tour de France is guilty. And while certainly there are cheaters, not everyone is a cheater, which brings me to my next point, which is I've been reading all over the Internet and in, in newspapers how all of these American sports writers, most of whom don't know a damn thing about cycling and never cared about the Tour till there was doping and cheating, these people are writing and talking about how it's a travesty and how the tour should be shut down because of these cheaters. And my take on it is this. They're actually calling for it to be shut down. Yeah. Stop the tour. Don't do it. You know, wait and don't even do it next year. Wait a few years. NFL should be shut down. Well, and that's kind of where I'm going. I mean, the fact that the testing is finding the cheaters is a good thing. No. I mean, isn't it? That's what the tests are there for. To eliminate the cheaters. To How about the Olympics? And if get you shut that them. down. Every well, year, they, or every four years or two years, they find cheaters. Right. I mean, so what should cycling do? They're finding the cheaters. They're kicking them out. To me, that's healthy. What should we do? Let's pretend it's baseball and just ignore it completely and completely look the other way and pretend Barry Bonds is a good guy that didn't cover his entire body in steroid, you know, cream, uh, steroid cream and, and testosterone cream for the past eight years. You know, and then we have, as you mentioned on a previous show, we have Sammy Sosa forgetting how to speak English when he gets put in front of a panel about testosterone and steroid use. So, you know, I can't believe that these writers have the gall to be upset that the Tour de France is actually weeding out the cheaters. The testing is working. That's positive. That's healthy. That's good. Yes, it's a gigantic slap in the face that the two guys who got caught, actually there were four, but of the, the two big guys who got caught were, were two of the strongest riders in the pack, you know? I mean, it's it's a travesty, but you know what? We'll move on. They're out of there. May they never ride again. Done. History. See ya. And we're saying this on the day which Barry Bonds may actually be tying, tying. and or breaking the all-time home run record. Yeah, he's got 753 now or whatever? He's or? got 754. 754, sorry, 755 is the number. So he's on the cusp but I, I just can't believe I was so incensed when I read all of that stuff about these writers who never cover the Tour de France, but suddenly there's a couple of doping scandals and they're covering it, you know? And it's Where is it, that Tour de France thing? 
That was what Bo used to say. That's Bo. Well, he didn't say that, though. He said, when is that? When is that? Yeah, he was advertising those Nike cross trainers. When is that Tour de France thing? You know, speaking of frauds, because I had a fraud to bring up in front of you in particular. Okay, well, but uh, let me just interrupt you very briefly just to continue with the thought I was going. As you pointed out, you know, yes, okay, then we should definitely shut down baseball and every track and field event. And, you know... Here's the amazing thing. I've heard some some rumors, not that I have an in, in ear or any insight into the PGA, but there are rumors floating around that people are actually using some sort of enhancement techniques, golfers are, because they want to keep up with Tiger Woods. You know, Golf, not exactly a strength or an endurance sport. I don't right. see how steroids are going to help. Maybe it'll give you a few extra yards on your drive, and that could amount to one stroke per game. But in an event like the British Open, where you play three, four days in a row, yep. one stroke a day gives you four strokes, and that could put you on the leaderboard. At Especially the end. when, in the end, usually the winner wins by a stroke, a single yeah. stroke. E- exactly. So, you know... <sighs> I'm just very angry that these sports writers are singling out cycling when they, believe it or not, are the people that have the toughest rules and sanctions in sports right now. Guess what? There's going to be cheaters next year, too. There's going to be cheaters who think they can get away with it the year after that. They're going to make the testing better. They're going to make the the, the penalties stronger. But you're still going to have some idiot, some pinhead, as Bob Key would say, as Bob mm-hmm. Roll, one of the commentators would say, who thinks he can cheat the system. And eventually they will be caught and they will be banned from cycling. To me, this is healthy you know well there are there are two um two things that you mentioned about the the pga one there was i can't even remember the guy's name now on the on the radio i heard him say that he knows for a fact that there are people in the pga right now who are taking steroids so that they can get essentially a longer drive so you know, he, I get he, emails that uh, tell me they can give me a cream that'll give me a longer <laughs> drive, but <laughs> they're attached to the mortgage statements. Too. <laughs> that's right. And and he also said there is not one single sport where there are not cheaters, and there's not one single sport where there are not people trying to enhance their performance. And I also heard another thing about that's right. The so PGA. why are we singling out cycling here? Another thing about the PGA, people used to say it's the only sport where they don't juice the players; they juice the equipment. <laughs> I mean. Everyone's got their own custom clubs, and they're always yeah, trying to get an advantage. Computer model, yeah. uh, titanium. Well, and, and that's sort of fair, and that's true in cycling too. You know, these guys go into wind tunnels and they test the right. equipment, and they're they're really using technology to cheat the wind and and get that one tenth of a percent that could make a difference of a few seconds. But I, I don't have a problem with that. But you know, doping and, and cheating, I do have a problem with that. But I don't have a problem with the fact that the Tour de France is catching these guys. Mm-hmm. That's great news. They're catching the cheaters. Why is that a negative? I don't know. I'm, well, I'm, there's there's like all sorts of turmoil going on in all of the professional sports these days. You've heard about we've, we've been talking about the Michael Vick thing. He's yeah. already been indicted. He's and, already and, going to probably going to be doing some jail time. If not, his career's done, and the NFL's got some cleanup to do with him and probably half a dozen other high profile players. And baseball is just a joke. I mean, we're celebrating yep. this idiot Bonds. I know, baseball's well, I'm not celebrating him. I'm not celebrating him either by any stretch. But baseball is there sort of like on... him because he has an iPhone. <sighs> I don't like him because he has an iPhone. I like him because he's oh, he's so God. manly. <laughs> no, but, but but baseball is a joke because people are on the fence. People in the stadium are cheering every time he hits that ball because they'd like to see the ball go a million miles. Well, and, you know, I, I'm not going to be part and parcel of this, but I think fandom is... is Fickle. F- they're hugely responsible for this because fans want to see their athletes run faster and jump higher and, you know, do whatever it is they're going to do. Throw, 
put that shot further <laughs> right. and throw that javelin further. Well, the human the, body yeah. is only capable of so much without enhancement, you know? We do have a physiological limit. Well, the one thing I've got to say is that there's only one piece of hope that we can say about the whole Barry Bonds thing. Eventually, someone's going to beat his record, no matter what his record is. Hopefully. Eventually, someone's going to, and hopefully that person will be mostly on the up and up because I can't, we can never know, you know, really what the person's doing. And that, you know, interesting. interestingly, I mean, you think about the standings in the Tour de France right now, the guy's in first, second place is 23 seconds behind number one, and third place is eight seconds behind number three. I got to believe that these guys are on the cutting edge of non-doped athletics. These guys are so close in their performances that that's probably about as good as you can get without doping. At the human limit, yeah. In the last stage in the Pyrenees, the last climbing stage, um, Alberto Contador, who's a brilliant climber, and he really made Rasmussen suffer a little bit in the, the, the previous climb. He really attacked him every chance he had, and Rasmussen always had an answer. But here's the amazing thing. Uh, Leipheimer and Contador had attacked Rasmussen up the last climb, and Rasmussen answered every attack. And then when they got near the top of the climb, you know, Leipheimer and Contador's tongues were wagging. I mean, they had nothing left. It was the last climb. They were a kilometer from the finish. They just, all right, I'm just going to ride and, you know, I'm done. Mm -hmm. I got nothing left. And then Rasmussen took off. He just left him in the weeds laughing. <laughs> Put on the afterburners. And here's the other interesting thing about Rasmussen. He's a pure climber. He's never had a time trial in his life. I mean, he's had a time trial, but he's not a strong time trialist, which is a, a race against the clock. And in the first individual time trial, he caught his three-minute man, the guy in front of him, which would never happen with Rasmussen normally. He's not going to catch the guy who started three minutes ahead of him. He's a climber. It's weird because there's like a synchronicity here. At the same time he's able to do that, his bike, somehow it had like an IV bag attached to it. <laughs> they they came with a, like a new team that had like some sort of medical waste company as their sponsor. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, actually, he was feeding nuclear waste in that bag, too. <laughs> he had to a get flux a little, capacity around that bag. Get a little extra power. 47 gigawatts. Actually, it wasn't, he wasn't uh, performance enhancing with drugs. He actually just went back in time and went faster. Yeah, he did. So, yeah, I mean, despite the fact that Rasmussen didn't test positive, it's it's he probably had some interesting stuff going on in the Dolomites and with some, you know... Well, questionable medical professional and mm-hmm. you know but because want- if you're training in the dolomites why would you lie about it it's, to me if i'm training more and my, my team manager would love me why would i be why would i be hesitant to say oh yeah i was training at altitude in the dolomites in italy you wouldn't be is the answer so Wasn't it's just dolomite raises- one of those guys like shaft <laughs> what does that mean dolomite i think he was another one of those uh black exploitation uh, private eye tough guys are you being serious i, I nev- swear i never heard of that dolomite and, and <laughs> he was like shaft that's weird isn't it well there's another there's another uh fraud that i wanted to bring up you know while we've got some time here and his name is bear grills oh i know all about that yeah and although you know what let's not duke him to quote one of the claw the lacrosse play- yeah you know duke lacrosse oh you mean you judge know, before he judgment because it's clear the guy knows what he's doing. He was British Special Forces. He did summit Everest. He has some survival skills. He's nobody's. He, he knows what he's doing. But they're clearly, you know. And also, <clears> we don't excuses? know. We don't know what this other guy's motivation was. Who wrote that piece? You know. All I know is there's a guy who is called Survivor Man who's been doing <laughs> this longer. Girl. He's been doing this longer than Bear, Bear Grylls. He goes out on his own. And he even films himself for one week. I know he films himself. They're all over the internet and they're disgusting. 
<laughs> he's on YouTube. He's right after Chocolate Rain. <laughs> and he does not ask for any help whatsoever. Yes, he does, because he gets rescued. If he were a real man, he could live on after that. After seven days. He could live on that deserted island forever. After seven days. He's a girl. Well, and Bear Grylls but, could live in that hotel with blueberry pancakes for as long <laughs> as he wanted, too. He might be able to, but let's not rush the judgment I'm on rushing. the Bear Grylls thing. Let's find out what the deal is. Judgment has been rushed. We don't know what the person who wrote Look, that piece criticizing him, what his motivations were. Uh, what if the guy was lying? Why are you such an apologist for the Grylls? I'm not apologizing for anybody. I'm also actually reluctantly in sort of sitting here in defense of Michael Rasmussen. I'm a little bit upset that his team dismissed him when he had no positive tests. You know, yeah, I can I, see that. I I don't. I'm not a fan of the. You know, it wasn't right in the Salem witch trials. It wasn't right in McCarthy. I don't know. They America. had a point there. <laughs> The point of Which the witches should hat, be burned. The point of the hat. It wasn't right in McCarthyist America in the fifties, and in this King George post nine eleven America, I'm not a big fan of rush the judgment either. So I think we need to wait for this all to settle out and and see what happens. But, you said rush, yes, and I didn't mean the band. I didn't think so. No. Well, we've so, got more music. Yeah, we've let's got. Calm it uh, down. It's, it's it's a little jammy kind of tuned from uh, from an artist uh, you've we've played before. Let's check it out. Squalor 
must be serene The tales you hear are taller Time speeds away If you feel you're just a scholar Keep the dogs at bay Then grab them by the collar Jeremy Shaw, the guy who wrote our theme song, Hyperbole, and that was called Another Day. 
Yes, I like the way was. they added that seventh in the uh, final chorus. Another day. I, I'm not much of a singer, but it added a little tension in that final chorus. Oh, nice, come on. Uh, a nice smoking rock and roll guitar solo by Jeremy in there. You you highly overestimate yourself. <laughs> Ex- mundo. <laughs> to quote the Fonz. <clears throat> oh, man. What the heck was I going to talk about? You said no film. No film today. Well, I'm just going to mention briefly, um, one of our listeners that we've had on the show in the past named Kirsten wanted to talk about the film Waitress once I had seen it, and that was the film that we had seen last night. And I'll just mention briefly uh, something about it, but we'll have Kirsten on in the next couple of weeks, and, and we can talk about that. John, I don't think, has seen it. I have not, but I want to. It looks like a good film. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's a little sappy. It's got a it's got a good story. Uh, Carrie Russell plays the lead, and actually, the thing that made the film for me was the fact that Andy Griffith was in it. He played was like, he? Yeah, he plays sort of like the stodgy old codger who owns a bunch of the town's businesses, uh. including the diner that she's a waitress at. You know, and uh, Andy Griffith is great in this film. I mean, and for people who weren't raised in America, you might not even know who Andy Griffith is because he's not like a big film star. He's known more and more famous for being a television star. That's right. He was a cop. He was the sheriff. Hard-boiled cop. Sheriff of Mayberry. That's right. In a classic old sitcom, Mayberry RFD it was called, and then it was the Andy Griffith show, and Ron Howard got his start on that show. Yeah, little little Opie. Little Ronnie Howard playing Opie. So hopefully in the future we can talk about Waitress with Kirsten when we Skype her in. You know, I did see an interesting documentary the other day called um, Unknown White Male, and it was a documentary made about a guy who woke up one day and just had amnesia. He didn't really? remember who he was. He so fall he, out his bed or something? No, they really couldn't find any physical reason for the uh, the amnesia. You know, it's one of those things that just happens. He did have a small cyst on his pituitary gland or adrenal gland or one of those things. I think it was, is the pituitary one the one that's up, up in the it's up? pituitary, I think. Oh, yeah, you're right. I think it's in the back of the head. Yeah. yeah, they did find a small cyst or tumor on his pituitary gland, which could have had something. The neurologist basically said this certainly could be responsible for it, but something this small, it seems unlikely. But, you know, it, what an interesting story because he sort of had to reintegrate into meeting his family again. And we got to see that on camera, you know, wow. him meeting his family for the first time, if you will, and uh, meeting all of his friends. Uh, uh, an interesting film, Unknown White Male. Uh, it's worth checking out. Have you seen anything recently worth talking about? Um, nothing worth talking about. I saw the last Mimsy. <laughs> I did rent uh, Letters from Iwo Jima, so I will be watching that today or tomorrow, and we can talk about that. Have you seen that yet? No, I, I want to. It's that's the uh, that's sort of like the second half of the um, the flags of our fathers duology du- <laughs> duology. <laughs> You know, there's a great film coming up at Munson on August 22nd called Once. I saw it reviewed. Yes, I saw it reviewed by Siskel and Ebert and Roper and Dead Guy and all that good stuff. And it's sort of like a modern musical with really great music. And they said this film was just slamming. And I was hoping that uh, Munson would get it. And sure enough, it's on the list. Musical? Once, yeah. A lot of great songs in there. So, I don't know. We'll talk about Waitress uh, in the future. And you can be a part of that since you haven't seen it. But otherwise, uh, I'm pretty sure that's a show. Tis. Yeah. Remember. What'd you forget? Uh, well, it's the uh, it's the uh, amnesia. Oh, it, you fell on your head. Again. I have a small cyst on my pituitary gland. And it makes you trip and fall on your head. Yeah. You've been listening to Bloodthirsty Vegetarians or, or something like that. And um, we got a website, www.bloodyveg.com. 
pretty much everybody's got a website, so that's yeah, not saying much. And we all have email, like 15 of them. But send it to feedback at bloodyveg.com. And uh, what else do we got? We forums. Got a, we got a forum. We got your forum right here. www.bloodyveg.com slash forum. What else do we got? We got wine. We got wine. We got women and song. And iPhones. <laughs> oh, God. I did it. So I got it in there. Disgusted by that. Remember, you've been listening to the VIB. 